Welcome to week two of Soccer Neophytes, the highs and lows of goal celebrations. Romelu Lukaku arrives in style. Arsenal and Norwich are in trouble. There's five six-point teams and more up next. Gentlemen, welcome. Hey, hey. Buenos dias. What's up? We had another very fun match weekend. Um, I miss having matches every day of the week. I don't miss like the COVID congestion, but I do miss that there's no matches tomorrow. Well, there are matches tomorrow. We'll talk talk about that maybe a little bit briefly, but um yeah, this is a this is a fun, exciting weekend. We're gonna jump straight in to Kemi's match, our Neophytes match, which was uh, a derby, a London derby, Chelsea and Arsenal. Uh, Kemi, you were focused on Chelsea. It's a great match to watch if you're fo- focusing on Chelsea. Uh, give us some some of your thoughts, some initial reactions. Yeah, the hundred and thirty five million dollar match. That was um that was fun. Lukaku, <clears throat> new name for me. Uh, it's all new. What am I talking about? The whole thing is new. <laughs> but it was fun. That goal, his goal, his first goal, um, was very prime LeBron-esque, getting through two defenders to still make that goal. Pretty impressive. That's a great um, description. I, yeah. I, I, I saw the tweet before I saw the goal. I, w- I was at church, and so I didn't see the start of that match. But I saw a tweet basically saying like that Lukaku shrugged off one guy and barreled through another. <laughs> yeah. to he was playing ball. bully ball. Yeah. That was cool. Shaq. Shaq. No kidding. LeBron style. Uh, yeah. There's a I, – I, I've gone in – this is week two for me, but I've gone into every game with this – I guess it's more of a misconception now that football players um, maybe cheese it up a little bit with, from, with contact. I don't think I've seen, I mean, I think I saw one or two over the weekend, but like these piddly fouls to where they're trying to milk a call. Um, Lukaku had a choice. Like to me, I expected him to take the contact and go down and look for a flag, a card, a flag. Oh, sorry. <laughs> 15 yard <laughs> penalty. Yeah. A technical foul. <laughs> um, but instead muscles through, um, for the goal, which is, it makes it more exciting to watch. Mm-hmm. I really, really enjoyed that. Um, don't worry. We will key you in on a couple of players. Uh, there's a couple of players to watch that yeah. in my opinion are the classic floppers. Easy there, Nate. Easy. <laughs> I should have keyed it in on the Liverpool match, but, uh, there's a couple, and there's a, and there's a couple who are like, 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 Lukaku who will yeah. just they don't they don't take a weak foul. And you're right, there were a couple this weekend, but man, at $135 million, you better stay on all all both of your feet for the whole match. <laughs> That's There's right. There's no taking weak fouls. But that was a good one. I um it I think it rained the entire match, if not most of the match, which again, American football, if it's raining, you're gonna see a lot of field goals and no no not many passes in football. <sighs> I mean, honestly, if I weren't watching in HD, it would have looked like a regular game, a regular match. So more respect for them for that. Um, 
I keyed into last week's Liverpool's goalkeeper just because it was an impressive thing to watch. Chelsea's goalkeeper was impressive. Yep. Very, very impressive. He had one off the top bar. He or he, he went up to get it, um, a block. I was impressed by it. Everything impresses me still. I'm two weeks in, <laughs> but it was impressive to me. It stood out to me. Um, lastly, uh, I don't know much about play. I don't know who to compare Lukaku to, but it's, it seemed like he was everywhere. Um, he missed a header later in the match that, to me, also looked like a foul, but no call. Um, but he's an impressive player, and I guess that's why you pay the man what you pay him. But it was a fun match to watch. Um, I, I wouldn't separate it from the Liverpool from week one's match, uh, Liverpool match. I enjoyed both. So bring on week three. Yeah. Yeah, I think Lukaku, this is Lu, Lukaku's coming back to the Premier League, and he was, he was somewhat disappointing uh, in his previous stint. Mm-hmm. He went away to Inter Milan in the Italian league and just dominated. And so there's been some speculation on how he would do coming back, but, but you're right. It does. It feels like he took a jump like mm-hmm. to another level at Inter Milan. He would there. He already had like all the talent. And I think there was some disappointment in his previous stint. And so there's even been some people expecting that, like that he, he cause the Premier League's pretty pretentious, and it is the best league <laughs> in the world. There's no they, doubt they've earned like, that. Th- yeah, they've definitely earned it. But there also is a pretentiousness, like uh, just because you did it in Italy doesn't mean you can do it at the Premier League. And because the Premier League, for my kind of, for the few players that I think flop a lot, the Premier League is a pretty physical, physical game. And you don't, you'll hear people kind of talk about guys moving over from Spain. Oh, they dance too much. There's too much, like too much on the ball, messing around, step overs. That guy steps up, you know, you'll hear some of that, like quit with all the fancy stuff, like just play football. You'll hear like a lot of that type of stuff. And so I think because of that, it is a bit more like physical, direct, like it, it feels like kind of blue collar in some ways, like get down to it and play hard, you know? And so, um, and Lukaku is the type of guy who can just put up with that stuff. He's got the body for it, you know. Yeah. He's it's like Pogba. When you watch Manchester United, you'll see that with Pogba if he chooses to do it, right? Like that's been some of the talk on him. But Pogba is, I mean, you just he's a beast out there. He's a big dude. And so and they're also like just so technically gifted too. Like that's the other yeah. thing. They're just it's it's remarkable. So no, Lukaku's no. got got the size, the speed, and the finesse. So it's yeah. a really like unique and dangerous combination. Yeah. Be, go easy on me. One question. Patience. Points. Explain points. Not yeah. match points, but overall points because I'm thrown. <laughs> yeah. So um, points are fairly simple as far as like what you earn in a match. So three points for a win. Okay. One point for a draw and zero points for a loss. Okay. Where it begins to get more complicated is how they order the table. So right now there's five teams that have six points each. So how do they determine who's top of table? It's based on first goal differential. So um, you basically take your points for like your goals scored for goals scored 
minus your goals allowed. And that's your goal differential. So that will like order you higher. So if you were to look at the table right now, you have West Ham United in first, but they're actually tied on goal differential with Chelsea and Liverpool. So this is actually, this is a perfect time to explain it because it won't get this close as the season goes on. So right now, West Ham, Chelsea, and Liverpool all have six points. So then the next differentiator would be goal differential. They all have plus five goal differential. So then the next determining factor is goals four. So how many goals have you scored? So West Ham has scored eight goals. So because of that, they're in first place. They're at top of table. Then Chelsea and Liverpool have the exact stats all the way across. And you want to know how then they determine it? I mean, I'm, I'm still playing catch up. So bring it on alphabetical order. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure if they, there's probably another like determining factor. If two teams finished with the exact same goals for goals allowed, there's maybe like away goals scored. I actually don't know that. So yeah. if anyone knows Stu's often the one to, to, to tweet me on a Tuesday morning, DM me, tell me the answer. But anyone else, feel free to uh, to let us know at, at Soccer Neophytes on Twitter. But um, at this point at the table, Chelsea's over Liverpool because C comes before L. Cool. Okay. That'll make sense at some point in the season for me, I'm sure. Yeah. And right now it's so congested. Like it'll really start to, it'll really start to differentiate itself as, as the weeks go on, you'll have less teams tied and they'll create some separation. And then we'll start talking about other things that their placement on the table, why that matters. Um, some magic numbers that you want to get to. So, but we'll, we'll touch on all of that stuff. That's definitely season. Yeah. Little by little. That's what we're here for. <laughs> We already talked about Lukaku. Um, I would say there was another like really impressive performance. Actually, today um, that was Mikel Antonio. He scored. He scored two goals. Um, uh, another term of the week for you, uh, Kemi. Two goals is called a brace. Okay. So if you hear him reference brace, they reference the brace in the match. They even reference the fact that they subbed him out. And they're That's two and, goals and, by the same player. Two, yeah, sorry, two goals by the same player. So everyone knows three is a hat trick. Hat trick. But the little known term is brace. Two goals, and the commenters commentators even made a comment today. They said, "You can't take a striker out with two goals." Like, and they actually said, "You can't take a striker out on his hat trick." Hmm. So what they mean is he's like sitting he, on a hat trick. He's yeah. sitting on a hat trick. His next goal would give him the hat trick. So, um, but Mikel Antonio, he's. 31 years old. I didn't realize that it's pretty old in soccer terms, but he is, he's dynamic. I don't know if any of you, I mean, I don't know how many of you are watching that game, but I kept it on after afterwards and they did an interview with, with him. It was a sky sports interview that NBC carried and he is awesome. If you look up his uh, post game interview, it's fantastic. He's such a great personality. And then they also interviewed his manager who didn't appreciate his celebration, which I know we're going to talk about his celebration, right? Yeah, let's get to it. I didn't know he didn't appreciate the celebration, but... I mean, he didn't seem surprised by it, but he was like, I did not... You know, David Moy is this British, uh, the Scottish guy, and he's like, I did not appreciate that. So, <laughs> But he doesn't appreciate much. 
Well, we saw two ends of the uh, celebration spectrum. So today, in my opinion, was the capstone. Like it was the uh, celebration. Chris and Kemi, did you guys get a chance to see it? Today's? No. Yeah. Are you talking about where he grabbed his cardboard cut out of himself? Oh, and and, uh, shrouded in bubbles? Oh, yeah. I caught that. I did see that highlight. Yeah, so he he held it. Oh, go ahead, Chris. I was going to say, Kimmy, you haven't had a chance to really feature anything on West Ham, but when you get there, we'll you're get- in for a special treat with the bubblers. Okay? <laughs> the bubblers are heavily present at West Ham. They are the most intimidating bubbles you will ever encounter <laughs> in all the sports. So Miguel, it'll, it'll all make sense to you later, or maybe it won't, because it still doesn't make sense to us. That's right. true. That's <laughs> true. But Mikel Antonio goes over, grabs a cardboard cutout of himself, which I'm assume he just had prepped. Oh yeah, it was planted. Carries very Terrell Owens of him. Did he say this in his? Yeah, did he say this in his interview that it was based on Dirty Dancing? Yeah, yeah. He put them on the spot though. He was like, "All right, you guys, tell me what movie. Tell me what movie it's from." And none of them knew. He's like, "Come on, man." (laughs) Which I don't know how you would get that. I think is there a? I mean, I guess you can carry a a cardboard cut of yourself under your arm, but he carries it over his head and then he kisses it. (laughs) He kisses himself as the celebration, like amazing. He's a wonderful person. I'm all for it enough. I'm all for it too. I thought it was a great celebration. So, um, but on the other side of celebrations, we had Damari Mm -hmm. gray. <laughs> Gray really goes for the most simple of goal celebrations, like maybe the most classic of goal celebrations, the knee slide. Yeah. And just plants it. Yeah, plants it. I mean, just both knees in, tumbles, recovers <laughs> rather well. I mean, He's a he's a world class athlete, right? So he's also he, young, so his knees are not fully bone yet. <laughs> cartilage. That's true. That's true. We're done if that happens. Actually, that's probably <laughs> what I literally would do. That's literally what I would do on a on a yeah. That would be, be done. I think Carson Palmer that happened to him in 2014 with with the Cardinals. He tried to slide and caught his brace in the dirt and just ate it. Oh no! Yeah. Oh, that's brutal. But on the other end of the spectrum, uh, we had Arsenal. You watched Arsenal play. Arsenal's now lost their first two matches. The loss to Chelsea, not as concerning um, because Chelsea's form is so good, but they lost to Brentford last week. Arsenal now sits in the relegation zone. Uh, They're in in trouble. Arteta is not a good coach. I said it last year. Um, I think I'm, at not, the I'm not surprised by it. I'm not surprised by it. Yeah. And you predicted, um, I think you predicted them for him first manager out, right, Chris? Yeah. And I think, I mean, honestly, it's an easy prediction because at a club like that, you either succeed or you leave. And he wasn't great last year. They had a good end run that kind of catapulted them at least into the top 10. So I think people coming in, especially fans coming into the season, were at least like a little hyped. Um, I, I, cause I think even after December, they had like the third best record in the premier league last year after December. So that's how disastrous their start was. Um, but I just, I don't know. I, it's not like I watch all arsenal games and, and like heavily invested in them, but I'm just not impressed by anything that they do on the pitch and they have too much talent to be an average team. Like there's too many really good players there. They have a lot of young players too. And I don't see any development there. I don't see the stars being stars. And 
usually, you know, from what I know and my limited uh, knowledge of, of football soccer is that that's usually on the coach and whether there's a disconnect between the leadership style, a disconnect between the tactical style. I don't know. That's what I can't get into, but there's something wrong there. Well, and I think I saw that they've actually spent more than Chelsea, this that's, transfer. So they spent more than any other club in this transfer window. Now, ben, ben White was out. Their, their top, their top sign, the top person they signed was Ben White. Um, for 50 million and he was out for this match i don't know how much he would have helped but i think mean, he's center obama center. yang out lacazette out they've got a lot of talent that has yet to take the take the field i think here's my my uh, devil's advocate take is a club does not spend the most money in the premier league in a transfer window and then turn around and fire someone immediately like if they if they start the season a month or two in the way they did last year, then okay. But like, there's definitely going to be some some wiggle room there for them to get it together because they we still haven't seen the full team out there. Um, I mean, against Chelsea, the defending European champions, like to lose two nil to Chelsea was kind of like it would have been a miracle if it was anything other than that, you know. So they're not they haven't looked great for sure. But I just think like. I still think they'll finish. I don't know. I'd still put them in the top, top half of the table. Yeah. They've yeah got so be, just I, to your point, they've got so much talent. Right. And so if it all spins sideways, like it did last year, sure. Anything could happen and he, and Arteta could be gone, but yeah, I, I guess I think there's a little, I, I think there's time for them to get some things together. My question that just because I, I legitimately don't know the answer is who makes their decisions yeah. On, on their transfer window signings is are those coming from Arteta or are they coming from a boss of Arteta? Um, because I was making fun of them last year with yeah. their signings, like when they signed William to that three year, yeah, yeah, have like thirty million dollars. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? That guy is washed above washed. Like, yeah, I mean, he was good ten years ago, but he's not right now. Um, so I, I just, I wonder who's pulling the strings there. And if Arteta's not pulling the strings, then I give him that leeway to say like, okay, well, he's trying to run out there and play his system with someone else's players. But if he's yeah, but in on all the transfers and the players that are coming in, like most managers are, I think he's in on them, but there's usually someone above him that's signing off on it. Right. Like, yeah, but at this level, and I think with a club like Arsenal, you're going to have, he's going to have. A, a, a pretty big say for so sure they probably i don't know there's a most teams have a like player i forget what they call it. it's essentially like a gm kind of that yeah. sits above um but he's gonna have a lot of say so i think he does bear responsibility for this club and i think you're right tim like they'll give him some leeway but i don't know how much I mean, they're yeah. probably going to have zero points after three games through three matches just because they play City this week. They don't have yeah. the easiest start to the City or the seat. Well, they did have, they played Brentford. <laughs> yeah. So they should have gotten a point there. So three. Yeah. They should have gotten a point. So I think they, they have Norwich after that. Um, they have Burnley after that. And then I think they have Tottenham. So, I mean, they're not going to probably have a lot of points after six or seven, seven matches. And the question will be, can he make it through that? He probably sure. can't. He probably can't. He, he probably can't lose the Norwich. Yeah. He may not even be able yeah, to, he probably not even be able to drop points to Norwich or, or Burnley. 
Like, and he can't drop points to both. So those are the things. And there's a lot of rumors that they've spent so much money that they've got to sell some of these players. So mm-hmm. Lacazette, who hasn't even featured, he's one of the main guys that they're they're anticipated selling. So yep. we're going to see some guys leave in the next week or so. Yeah, and it's funny because just this week they signed Aaron Ramsdale, who is probably going to be their starting keeper. And the joke on Aaron Ramsdale is, Oh, so it's going to be his third straight club that gets relegated because totally. the last two in the Premier League got relegated. <laughs> so it's like, good job. You just spent like $20 million to get this average goalkeeper to get you guys relegated again. So it's interesting. I think if they have zero points, which would mean losing to Norwich and Burnley back-to-back, if they have zero points after the September 26th Tottenham game, there's no way he's still there for the Brighton game. Not a chance. Yeah, that's there's no way. Right. He, but even if he only has like – two or three or yeah. five, he's, I mean, he'll definitely be on the hot seat. Right. I mean, you can forgive a loss to city coming up. Like that's this weekend's game for them. You can forgive that. You can forgive a loss to Tottenham. You know, those are two powerful clubs, but you can't lose to Norwich at home. You can't lose to Burnley and think yeah. you're keeping your job. And I think like we weren't, we weren't around for Leeds, but when Leeds got relegated, Leeds was like a champions league club. And so when they got relegated, it's such a massive financial hit that they just, they were gone for a long time. And as storied, I mean, Arsenal is the longest they've, they've been in the top flight of English football, the longest it's like 90 something years. Like they've never been relegated or they haven't been relegated in like 90 years, a team like Arsenal, if they were to get relegated and this is why I think you're right, Chris, Arteta has a short leash if they were to get relegated, I think it could be a free fall for them because their wages are so high. Like yeah. they could, they couldn't sustain no matter what like storied, like name they have that they couldn't afford the wages. It would be, it would be disastrous potentially. So fortunately yeah. for them though, there are a lot of really bad clubs this year. That's right. So they have fierce competition for relegation. I don't think, I don't think they have any danger for relegation. I mean, for them though, finishing 13th is a disaster. So, right. um, Yeah. Arsenal has been in the top flight since 1912. The next closest is Everton since 1950. So they have by. So Arsenal has never been relegated. Well, I guess they have 100 years ago since, since 1912. Right. The premier league actually came into being in what? 92. Yeah. And so there's a few, there's a handful of clubs who have never been relegated from the Premier League, which okay. is now at what 30 years or almost 40 years. Yeah. But going back, they would call it like the top flight competition, which was the highest before the it's Premier the equivalent, League. basically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. What again, new to this? What is the reason? Why are they not playing well? And how long have they not been playing well? Man. Oh it's man. Been I several years I think that's that a they've whole... been. I it's been several years that they've been underperforming. But yeah, they've played sorry. well enough to avoid relegation? Uh, yeah. They just okay. have so much talent. They have so much money and so much talent. Like, yeah, okay. a team like that with that much talent is going to win plenty of matches. The problem is, and the reason we're even having this conversation, is they're traditionally – so there's something called the Big Six, mm-hmm. which is, I think, fracturing a little bit now, but the big six over the last maybe decade have been Man City, Man United, Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal, and Spurs. Okay. And 
but Arsenal's really been a part of like the big four. They've really just been always one of the top clubs playing. Because Chelsea and City are are relatively recent additions to not the top Chelsea, four. Ta- yeah. Ta- Tottenham. And Chelsea City. wasn't Chelsea wasn't that big before Abramovich in like mid two thousands. I guess that's true. Or early two thousands or whatever. Probably that was. early. Tottenham's probably later than that even. But maybe but all so. that all that to say, like Arsenal's just been a top flight club. So the fact that they're not in the top six discussion yeah. is the reason we're having this conversation even right now. So it's, they're probably, they're not going to be relegated. They've got too much talent to get relegated, but their the expectations on a club like that are just through the roof. Okay. That makes sense. But speaking of relegated clubs, um, Brighton, who I think should be fighting for relegation. They are one of five clubs that have six points them along with West Ham United, Chelsea, Liverpool, and Tottenham are the only two teams who have won their first two matches. Um, I think Liverpool, Chelsea, even West Ham, we wouldn't have been really too surprised before the season started, but, but Brighton is in there. Granted they've played Watford and Burnley, (laughs) so they haven't exactly, uh, They've beaten other relegation teams, and that's what you have to do to avoid relegation. That's for right. sure. I was gonna say we can maybe say they won't get relegated, but let's not get too excited because schedules matter. Schedules they do. Matter. That's yep. deep. That's deep. That's right. And it's true. <laughs> hey, I just for just for the record, I picked Brighton relatively arbitrarily. I picked them to finish in eleventh place this year. Hey. Yikes. So hey. But I also picked Arsenal to finish fifth. So here we are. We there's, a lot that, there's a lot that's going to shake out. <laughs> yes, it's early. It's early. I just want to talk about there's uh, four clubs that still have clean sheets through two matches. So that's Liverpool, Chelsea, and Tottenham, who all have six points. And then Brentford, who have four points. They drew this week, but it was scoreless. So here's my question for you guys. Who do you think will keep clean sheets the longest? Another week, another two weeks? Mm. So going back to what we just talked about, schedules matter, right? Um, what I find funny is Brentford and Chelsea have actually played the same schedule. They've both allowed zero goals to Arsenal and Crystal Palace. Huh. Um, so just in flip-flopping weeks. And then Liverpool played Norwich and Burnley, which are not high competitions. And Tottenham, um, very impressive to hold City to zero. Uh, Wolves are struggling to score. They're playing better, according to some people who would would be on here but let me just say wolves so to tottenham's credit wolves had wolves are second in the premier league in shots and okay. it through two matches behind liverpool so now i didn't say how many they have on goal but yeah, shots yeah. in general yeah yeah well the problem is uh adame has most of those shots and so usually they're off target but anyways going back to schedule mattering these four teams have not exactly played the toughest of schedules by any means um, with the exception of Tottenham holding city to, to a nil um, looking at the schedule, which is where I'm going. Um, is it crazy? If I say, I think Brentford has the best shot at continuing <laughs> the clean streak. They play Villa Brighton wolves, then Liverpool Chelsea plays Liverpool. That's going to be a tough match. They more than likely are going to concede a goal or it could be a nil nil draw. Um, and then they play Aston Villa, Liverpool plays Chelsea, and then they play Leeds. Those are two high scoring, good teams. 
Tottenham plays Watford, Crystal Palace, then Chelsea. So to me, it's between Tottenham and Brentford. And I think Brentford's schedule is a little lighter than, than Tottenham's. I'm going with Tottenham mostly because I'm shocked that Brentford hasn't allowed a goal. Not because I know much about Brentford other than they're a newly promoted team and they are supposed to have a pretty wide open style of play and be pretty aggressive. So I expected them to score more goals. Um, so, and probably concede more. And mostly cause I know Nuno's style of play is sit back and then attack on the counter attack that coupled with, I think both, I think both Chelsea and Liverpool will score this weekend. Mm-hmm. So I think that's going to eliminate both those teams. And then I think Tottenham's upcoming schedule plus style of play will mean no goals. I agree with that. I think their next two, like they could very conceivably with the way they've been playing, they could conceivably go the next two games without allowing a goal. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think in all reality, you're probably right. And so I think, I but I would love it for, I would love for it to be Brentford. <laughs> <laughs> I think I need to give this my kiss of death. It's going to be Tottenham. They're, they're going to be the longest clean sheet team. You can put money on that. Cause I said, so. Kemi, tell us we're wrong. <laughs> I'll tell you whatever you want to hear for now. <laughs> you're wrong. All right. So we're going to enter into the speed round. Uh, and Tim, why don't you start us off? Yeah. So Liverpool got two minutes. Uh, Liverpool, uh, two clean sheets, two wins. Feeling really good about that. Um, it's great to see a full Anfield. It's great uh, to see the see the crowd, hear the crowd. Um, just there's tons of great things to highlight. I mean, Jota's played really well. The front four, all, all four of our uh, forwards who kind of rotate a little bit have all played really well. Uh, Harvey Elliott, 18 year old kid played really well. Uh, Simikas, he's what's that? Is he a starter? Yeah. He started this game. Um, he's a winger. He, he's kind of playing midfield this game, but yeah, 18 year old kid looked really good. Um, Simikas is this Greek defender who's filling in for Andy Robertson and he looked amazing. So it really feels like it, we're not like, Chelsea or city where they've got superstars regularly on the bench, but it's like, there's a lot of talent there to like, Jurgen's going to have to figure out how to rotate guys in and out and hopefully they stay healthy, but um, lots of positives. I mean, Burnley is there. I mean, I mentioned this a couple episodes ago, just how much Burnley drives me crazy with their style of play, wasting time and then just crazy tackles and stuff. But so it was more of that, but um, good game. Um, And I just want to round out my time. How much time do I have here? 30 seconds. I can do this. All right. So having Virgil van Dyke back uh, solidifying the back line, I saw this thing that he has played 48 matches with Liverpool at Anfield of those games, Liverpool's won 43 drawn five and lost zero with 23 clean sheets. So obviously the, like the goalkeeper gets all the credit for, clean sheets but the back line is such a big part of that so it's so great to have vvd back nice just in the nick of time in the nick of time chris you have Yo. a special guest right yeah i got a little special something for you guys see i looked at the schedule and i said southampton that's a dub 
And I reached out to a friend on Twitter. I said, hey, how would you like to use my two minutes on our podcast to give your review of this weekend's game? And my friend online across the pond, Katie, of course, stepped up to the plate and said, I would love to do it. And then United laid an egg, played like garbage, got lucky to get a draw. But Katie still came through and gave me her thoughts on the match. So instead of hearing me this week, turn it over to Katie, who sent me her thoughts on the match. So here you go, guys. You don't even need to start the timer because guess what? It's under two minutes. Great. I don't want to buzz Katie anyways. So going into this game, I thought it was going to be another high scorer coming off the back of the Leeds win and comparing it to the 9-0 win in January. I thought that we were going to be scoring at least four or five goals. Um, So I was quite shocked to see how badly we performed when I was watching the game. It was one of the worst performances I've seen from Manchester United in probably over a year, to be honest. Um, The midfield was absolutely dreadful. The passing, the lack of creativity, everything from the defence up to Martial at the top of the pitch was just absolutely awful. Um, And I was really gutted, actually, because I thought, this is a great opportunity for us to build momentum at the beginning of the season and show to people that we're serious about winning this title and we want to challenge those teams like Liverpool and Chelsea and Man City to get there. But what we showed yesterday was so far off of what we need to be to do that. And I just hope that we learn from that and take that performance as something that we never do again, especially against a team like Southampton, who are, in my opinion, probably going to be relegated at the end of the season. Um there were very, very few players who looked like they were wanted to fight for that win rather than just settle for the draw. Um, the only players that I thought played well yesterday were Pogba, De Gea and Mason Greenwood, um, the big sort of leaders in the team like Bruno and Harry Maguire went missing essentially. Maguire had a really shaky game. I thought that Luke Shaw wasn't himself. Um, it's just an all-around really weird performance in my eyes I don't know what went wrong but I hope that we can figure out what went wrong apply and learn from that and then go on and win the three points at Wolves on Sunday so fingers crossed we're going to do it we're going to turn it around but I still think we're going to win the league Katie I was so thankful for that until the end those three points at Molyneux but uh, thank you so much for your thoughts Katie Mm -hmm. I I appreciate it for sure it's great a couple of things. It's great to have a British female voice on the, on the podcast. I love it. I miss it from our first season hearing from, you know, like Natalie and, and them. So it's amazing to have that. Thank you, Katie, for doing that. I appreciate it. You're much loved. Um, I think she nailed it on the head though. It was just such a piss poor performance by the guys, uh, which is, well, we'll get to it, but which is why I kind of like them going into this weekend. Tim, let me ask you, you I'll let you chat about one thing. How disorienting was the blue and yellow kit versus a red kit as a non-manchester united fan it was i was just watched the highlights but because southampton had a blue and yellow kit last year it was it was super disorienting yeah it was super disorienting for me as well but it, I mean, that's kind of every year, right? The be, at the beginning of the season, you're still getting used to all of those random kits, and I mean, Liverpool have some crazy ones too. So, what I every year was, just takes a little getting used to. I think 
what I thought was weird about the kit choice this weekend, I mean, all the things that you hit on, Nate, um, but that's their third kit, and that was their first away game. They didn't even wear their normal away kit. They went with their thirds, mm-hmm. and I, I just thought that was strange, and I'm on the record. I don't like those thirds. I don't think they look good. Usually, I get used to it as the season goes on, as mm-hmm. like witnessed by the fact that I kind of like the zebra look at the end of last year. I was like, oh, those are kind of <laughs> cool, you know? Like, you just it grows on you. I don't know if this kit's going to grow on me. Which is kind of the opposite of how I feel. Cause when I saw that kit just on like the screen, I thought I didn't like it. I didn't hate it, but I definitely did not like it. It was a lower tier kit, but just looking at it on the pitch, I was like, that looks so good. And you see the full thing, right? The, I think they had yellow shorts, right. And yeah, like, right. Right. Yellow shorts. I thought, see, my thing was like when I saw them and it's still disorienting to me, um, but like, I thought they looked like referees, <laughs> like they were wearing, like the referee kit instead of like an actual, and that could just be because I legitimately was excited for them to wear their away blues that I love so much. And then they wore their third dark blues and I don't know, maybe, it'll, maybe it will grow on me. We'll see. All right. Well, I'm going to go on for my two minutes of wolves talk. Uh, wolves, I have not been this happy to have zero <laughs> points and zero goals my entire fandom of, <laughs> of cheering for wolves. They are so exciting to watch. They're the opposite of how they looked under Nuno at the end of last year. They're they're pressing, they're they're a forward-moving club. Um, I, I referenced this earlier, but through two matches, they have the second most amount of shots in the league behind Liverpool. Um, they just, they look great. Adame is electric. He is, his pace is out of control. It's, he's so fast. He's so good on the dribble. Um, he just has no finish. So again, he missed a one-on-one with the keeper second match in a row. Um, he just has no finish. And I think I, two seasons ago, him and Raul combined for, uh, a lot of goals. Some of the most amount of goals in the league. I think they were top five. Um, Raul's just getting back from his injury. So I think they'll, I think they'll put it together if he stays. Um, there's some rumors that he might go to Tottenham. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen, um, my best case scenario for these three first three matches is that we would have three points. Um, so that means we got to meet Manchester United. Sorry, Katie. I don't know if it'll happen, but, uh, I would be happy with the draw. And to be honest, like the way they've played, I'm so excited. This is a new club or new manager. Um, and the next four matches after this are much easier. And so I think, I think I'm way more excited about wolves now and they haven't even really added the players that I think they still need to add. And so we'll see what happens in the next week with the transfer window. Let's move on to American watch. We have uh, a few American, uh, some important American news, not much action on the pitch, but a lot off the pitch. Owen Otisawi, former Wolves American has transferred to club Bruges. There was a lot of uh, discontent there. Um, there was always rumors that he wasn't very mature. And now some stuff's come out after they transferred him that he was late to practices. He wasn't 
didn't take it very seriously. So he's gone. I'm very di- discontentment directed towards him by yeah. others. Yeah. yeah by, because by, of his behavior. by Nuno particularly. And you'd hear little rumblings last year because everyone wanted to see more of him. He's, he's a LeBron type, big kid, like big presence in the middle of the park. Like, and no one knew like what his skill would be. So, but he's gone. So we've lost an American, in the premier league. Uh, we also lost an American this week to COVID. Um, Christian Pulisic, he was not on the pitch for your game, Kemi. Um, because I mean, we should clarify, we didn't like lose, lose him. No, we're just talking in, in soccer terminology. Okay. But he's lost. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, that'd be much bigger news. Um, <laughs> he's still with just, us. He's still with us, but not on the pitch, which is a bummer for you, Kemi. I would have loved to have seen. It would have been great for you to see Christian. Yeah out there and then uh josh Sargent, he's not starting yet at norwich but he did come on in the 70th minute but they lost five nil to city i think they had one shot the entire match zero on goal so as a as a forward he um didn't do anything once he came on so american watch is rather depressing this week the other thing that we like to focus on is red cards kemi we are we're trying to do like with soccer neophytes we're basically what i thought is like what are the things that americans actually know goals so we'll talk about the best goal they want to know about the americans and red cards right like there's something about a red card that that we want to know about so we had aggression what's that the hyper aggression the hyper aggression or overacting. <laughs> yes. Um, so we didn't have a red card last week, but we had our first red card this week. Ioza Perez, Perez for Lester uh, with a very vicious kind of out of control tackle yeah. that looked like it could have broken a leg. Like it was, it was nasty. So he got a red card. Did you guys see that today? It was, it was a weird red card because looking at the slow-mo, there's no question that you have to send him off the field because he, he stomped on the guy's ankle at like full speed. But he was like stumbling forward for several steps before it, like as you said, out of control, not like in, a, in an emotionally out of control way, but in a physically out of control way. Yeah, he kind of so gets like it looked like he kind of got shoved a little bit. got shoved and then takes a few steps like stomping and then that last stomp was just on an ankle. So you got to send him off, but it was kind of a, a weird one where it was like it's rare to see a red card like that where it was like so clearly like a terrible foul but also kind of not his fault. <laughs> Yeah, so it's, I, I guess, a question. I don't know, like, at that speed, at that level of the game, would he have been able to avoid doing that, given the way he had been pushed and the way he was stomping? Like, would he have been able to avoid that if he wanted to? Yeah, so I, I, was, I asked a couple of people on Twitter because I thought, like, well, he clearly didn't do it intentionally. He looked a bit right. out of control. Was, and, and one of the things, so a reckless challenge is a yellow card. But if it's dangerous and reckless, that's kind of one of the things that's yeah. distinctive. So it was clearly reckless. Yeah. Um, but it was also dangerous. Like it wouldn't have been a surprise had he broke his, like he would have broken his leg. So yeah. That's our f- first red 
Red card means what's the um, punishment? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So a, a red card is your sent off. So Lester, who I think is one of the better teams in the league. I, I think I picked him at fifth this season. Uh, they looked horrible. They got beat by West Ham today, 4-1, um, with three of those goals coming after the red card. So a red card, Perez gets sent off. So now they were only able to play with 10 men. Oh, which, you're down one you're, for the rest of the match. For the rest of the match. So it's a, it's a huge deal if you get a red card. It's a huge disadvantage. Huh. Also, come, probably comes across, well, I don't know, passion of the game, but selfish to your teammates. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's right. That, yep, <laughs> it can happen that way. This one wasn't selfish. It was reckless. And like it was clearly, and it was his first red card of his career. He, he seemed pretty upset, like walking off the pitch. Um, and some guys are more known for their aggression. And it's not a surprise when they get reds. Um, yellow is just kind of like a stern warning. But if you get two yellows, it equals a red and you're sent off. So if you get two yellows in one game, it equals a red. Um, and then, guys, correct me if I'm wrong. I think if you get a straight red, you miss the next three matches. I think so. Right. I always yeah. get confused between the season and tournaments because sometimes in tournaments they add up and like, if you get too many yellows, you have to miss a game. Um, that happens I, in the league too. It, it's in both. If you get a certain amount of yellows within, like it resets at a certain point in the season too. So like you it. can get a certain amount of yellows. I think it's end. five. Yeah, you get five suspended yellows. for one game, but it resets every so often. Got Same it. thing in the tournament. It's much more condensed though. I think it's like if you're in a tournament in the opening round, you get like three yellow cards. Um, yeah straight red is a three game suspension and then two yellows is a one game got it great question kemi still learning that's right always always learning (laughs) that's the point of this This that's that's the fun of it that's the fun of it i wanted to mention a little bit of hair that i noticed this weekend Adame always gets shout outs because he's, he's always changing his hair. He's got the extension sometimes. I think there was some, I don't know. He had it all. He had it. He had it corn road. It was tight this week. He had the kind of the Mohawk the week before probably some smaller extensions. He's gone with some bigger extensions in the past braided in, but this week seemed a bit more conservative. The blonde blonde extensions in there looking good, looking fresh. Um, and then Tony from Brentford, who, who is a big goal scorer, uh, in the championship last year, I'm not a big fan of the, the man bun generally. I think Jack Grealish looks ridiculous. I almost tweeted it today and I just decided not to, but the, the, the main page on NBC sports had his hair flowing out and he just is, he's like, he, he may be a good guy but I think he looks like the biggest tool. Like, and I his <laughs> hair, everything about him. He's one of the floppers I was talking about. Kemi. Okay. Oh, I just, <laughs> I, Jack Greeley is one of my least favorite. Not that I like to fuel your fires, but from the accounts I've read, he's not the greatest of guys. Uh, he, he was, he was one of the dudes last season who was breaking all the COVID rules. Yeah. Uh, throwing parties at his place with, as many people as he could get over there. So uh, the accounts back up the hair. 
I wasn't even intending to talk about him. I was just like thinking of man buns and like bad hair, <laughs> but the dread bun, like the dread bun, I think looks good. And it's okay. Ivan yeah. Tony has the dreads like kind of pulled back in a nice, nice bun back there. Have and you seen uh, Aaron Wambasaka's? It's it's not like a full on dread bun, but it's like it's pulled back into the dreads, and then the dreads that come out of the tie are bleached. Ooh, yeah, it's pretty, I love Wambasaka. He can do no wrong. He's like Pogba with his hair. He nails it every week. If you yeah, Pogba like we mentioned last week. Well, if you knew me in the uh, late nineties, early two thousands, you would definitely know. I love some bleach tips. <laughs> <laughs> I knew and, you and fashion early, is cyclical. We know this. I knew you in the early two thousands, Nate, and I know bleach tips and I even know you've done cornrows. So, oh. <laughs> and I've done dreads as well. I've Picture done in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> can, we, can we do pictures in the show notes? I don't think so, but maybe <laughs> can, can you change the podcast icon? Yes. I actually don't know my cornrow, my cornrow. It's not even a phase. It was like one week with cornrows. I don't even know if a picture exists. I wish it did. <laughs> I'd love to see it, but it was one of the most painful experiences of my life. Getting it done. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, it, it hurts. That hurts. Yeah. It's not fun. Man. It is not fun. Could I, could I drop one more uh, hair watch? Absolutely. Basuma from Brighton. Yeah, he's got the like, I think it's kind of how you're describing kind of like, I think they're kind of they're, uh, I, don't, I don't know exactly how to describe it, but he's got the tips uh, dyed like turquoise or teal. Ooh, yeah. He's just itching to wear that. Is it the away kit or the third kit? Brighton's kind of turquoise teal kit. He's just oh, waiting yeah. for it. So it's a bold move to go with the, the like the club's alternate colors for your everyday hair, but I noticed it last week too. Oh, I like it. I like it. Yeah, it's it's a good look. It'll look even better with that other kit. For sure. Guys, I think we have a unanimous goal of the week. I don't know if there there were there were some good there were some good strikes, but there was one one strike that that stood out. Chris, since you kind of set the bar last week, yeah. um, why don't you talk about it? Yeah, um, like I said last week, if you listen, I thought Bruno's third goal last week was the goal of the week, and I was going to compare that goal going forward until it got <laughs> topped, and it got topped. There's, there's no debate. There's no, Look, I try my best to throw my homers into the side. Um, Danny Ings's goal this week was awesome, and it had just about everything I could dream of in a goal because yeah. – one of the more underrated things that I love is a really long, deep throw in. Mm -hmm. uh, not many guys can do it. Not many guys can pull it off. And, you know, the throw in came from way outside the box all the way in a header off the deep throw in into a bicycle kick by Danny Ings. Unbelievable. So the deep throw in the header, the bicycle kick in the air, unreal that's the goal of the season so far it's going to be hard to be topped but here's what we're doing now here's what i'm doing that's now the goal that gets compared to so when we get goals Fair next enough. week we're going to compare it against that one we're going to see who goes liverpool legend danny ings we should say mm. and he's not a young guy to pull that off i mean yeah. he i mean what is he is he mid-30s by now I maybe not quite that old but he's that old 
I mean, to be doing that, he's not 22. It's pretty impressive. He is 29. Is he only 29? Yeah. Well, he looks like he's 41. (laughs) Well, and I just, like, he's been around Liverpool for so long and then went off to Southampton. And man, I'm surprised he's only 29. Good for him. You know who could use him? Southampton. (laughs) (laughs) He, the, the other thing about that goal, the pace off the ball. There was, yeah. I, you, we'll see other bicycle kicks this season. I don't know if any bicycle kick will have that much pace and power. It was, yeah. it was remarkable. I think that's what to me like took my breath away is just how powerfully that ball was struck. Yeah, it was awesome. It was incredible. Well, we had a decent record this week in mm-hmm. Lock It In. Uh, Chris, yo, you picked Manchester United. That was wrong. You dropped to 0 2. Kemi had Liverpool over Burnley. He moves to 1 1. Tim had Villa over Newcastle. He's 2 0. And I had took Chelsea over Arsenal. I'm 2 0. So, working in reverse order, uh, Chris, who are you taking for your lock it in this week? Yeah, I, I kind of blame myself for United's performance this weekend. You know, I kind of have a rule. I don't usually pick United in any of these things. Uh, so I broke that last week, and I'm ashamed of it. Uh, so this week, I'm going to choose Manchester United over Wolverhampton. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, I'm thankful it, for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should be. Uh, Wolves fans out there, you can thank me on Sunday afternoon. Uh, there's a lot going into this pick. Uh, United just came off a piss poor performance to say the least. Uh, Ole ran a really bad lineup out. He did this last year against um, Sheffield United, who picked up one of their only wins against Manchester United when he played a lot of his reserves, thinking that they could just go out and beat, beat that team just by playing. And I feel like that happened again this week. Now, the good news for United is uh Varane has been in camp now for two weeks practicing at the club I would assume he's gonna start uh Cavani is now out of quarantine because he went to Uruguay to play in some of the summer competitions he should get some time um and then I think they start Sancho this week um Ole tried to start Martial up front it's an utter disaster at this point mm-hmm. you, they need to stop playing him they need to transfer him out and take whatever they can get from at this point um, so I think we're going to see a lineup change. I think we're going to see the best version of United on Sunday. Um, at least I hope it's fun to have the football soccer neophytes Derby going. Um, so hope my boys can come out. And then last thing on this game, United didn't lose last week. So they tied Arsenal's all-time record for most away non-losses. Is that the best way to say it? Um, so if they don't lose this week, they will set a new record for most away non-losses. They all, you can also say undefeated. Undefeated. Is another way you say it. That's a much better term than non-losses. <laughs> I, I appreciate you making that word up right now so I can redefine <laughs> uh, Yeah, so undefeated on the road. If they pull it off again against Wolverhampton this week, they will set a Premier League record. Uh, I believe it's, it would be the 29th straight undefeated road game which is pretty crazy that's like Impressive. almost two years of no losses what i'm more impressed with is that you gave up your two minutes 
uh, to talk about Manchester United <laughs> and then took it all back in your lock it in, which should be like a 30, like less than 30 second uh, statement. But that's that's some Jedi mind tricks, boys. That's Jedi mind tricks. Um, next was Kemi. Kemi, who do you got for your lock it in? Okay, go with me on this one. I dove into the analytics um, and I went back to third grade recess. I attempted a bicycle kick and landed square on my back and had the wind knocked out of me. And I remember opening my eyes and like my buddy of mine, Jonathan Tanner, was standing over me just laughing. And that was, <laughs> that was one of the last times I played soccer at recess. Let's fast forward to the bicycle kick from uh, today. Was it today? Yeah. From Aston Villa. Yes, yesterday. Yesterday. Um, Whatever. This weekend. This weekend. This Yeah. Full circle. Um, Aston Villa over Brentford. Love it. Yes. Okay. I got one right. Well, we'll see. <laughs> Tim? Yeah, I'm going uh, West Ham over Palace. Enough said. I don't have any childhood stories. I'm not going to take another <laughs> two minutes to talk about my club. You can borrow one of mine. I have plenty of them. West Ham over Palace. And I am going with Tottenham over Watford. Chris already mentioned this matches to watch this weekend. I think that the top match uh, is certainly Liverpool Chelsea. That's, that's a must watch this weekend. I mean, two of the top teams in the league, obviously already this year, but um, either one could win the title and it wouldn't be a huge surprise. So that'll be a match to watch football. Neophytes Derby is what Chris referenced earlier. That's the original Football neophytes Derby, the soccer neophytes Derby, um, Wolves hosting Manchester United. I do think it should be a good match. Um, and then, Kemi, who are you focusing on? Uh, Tottenham. Okay. Tottenham, Tottenham plays Watford. Um, Tottenham, what should you know? They are managed by... Nuno Espirito Santos, he was Wolves manager for four seasons. Much loved, beloved manager by Wolves fans. He did so much for our club, uh, brought us up from the championship, took us to Europe, two seventh place finishes. His, his tenure with Wolves ended pretty poorly. He's a more defensive-minded manager, tends to play more counter-attacking style. So sit back, absorb the offensive pressure, counter-attack, um, which is pretty similar to the way Spurs have played the last few years under their previous managers. So it's not a huge shift for them. Um, some people to look out for, uh, Harry Kane, if he's okay. still there. So that's kind of the big name. It's kind of the big storyline right now. Harry Kane, lots of rumors that he's going to go to City. Um, a, theoretically, City's put at least a hundred and thirty million dollar bid on him, maybe up to one hundred and fifty. And it's a big question whether or not they'll sell. Um, and if they do sell, it'll probably set a domino effect going forward. I think if they sell him, I think Traore probably goes to Tottenham for a ridiculous amount. I don't think Wolves will sell him, but if they get that 130 million, that's an interesting like thing that happens too. As soon as you get a whole bunch of money in other clubs, raise the prices of their players. Cause they know you're sitting on 130, 150 million. So 
that's too much to talk about. So Harry Kane might be there. He's one of the best strikers in the world, a little fragile. He tends to miss a few uh, weeks every season, but still scores in boatloads. The other guy to keep out, keep a lookout for is Hungman Son. He's a Korean dynamic, uh, dynamic, super lovable, likable, charismatic guy. Um, And him and Kane together are almost unmatched. I think they led the league in uh, uh, combined like goals, assists last season uh, with one another. So they tee each other up well. Um, The other guy I'll mention just to kind of finish up is uh, Hugo Lloris. He's their keeper. His match against Wolves was his 300th match um, in the Premier League. And so he's, he's one of the top keepers in, in the league. So anyone else guys that, that you would recommend or anything else that, um, Kemi should keep an eye on for Spurs. I was going to mention, uh, Deli Ali. He's like, he's had such a weird road with Spurs. He was like, when Mourinho was there, he was kind of, I don't know, pushed aside. They didn't seem to get along, there's been questions about like his attitude and stuff, but like with him, I mean, maybe a little bit like Pogba where it's like immensely talented, but you kind of don't know what you're going to get, you know, over the years. And so, but it seems like the last couple games um, with Nuno, he's really kind of elevated um, Dele Ali's um, role on the team. So he'll be another one to watch. He's really fun. Would you compare him to DeAndre Ayton perhaps? <laughs> Guys, no. <laughs> no. Those of you who watch more tackle football than I do, uh, well, that DeAndre Aiden's basketball, Aiden, so basketball that, sons. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> um, I was gonna see say how Deli. I feel. I was gonna say Deli Alley as well, uh, but I'm a little offended that you even put him in the same sentence as Pogba. They are not even close to the same caliber of player. Um, <laughs> no, but you hear what I'm saying, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Immensely like, like the talented, mystery, the mystery immensely talented, but up. you don't know what you'll get. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I would, I would say Deli would be that guy. He was one of my favorites from our first season because uh, he looked so much like DJ Poly D. Um, <laughs> he had, you know, the the blowout, the maxed blowout. It was great. Yeah. Well, now I would, I think he looks more like jack sparrow yeah he's got he's got like yeah. multicolored dreads like i almost mentioned him in hair watch yeah he also likes and i think the kit also, that they were wearing this week probably contributed to that pirates of the caribbean look that's true many colors involved he also pseudo flopped this weekend like the goal he scored he's tottenham scored on a penalty against wolves and it wasn't necessarily a flop, but he like left his leg out to get hit. Mm. So there was some like it was probably a penalty, but still there was some controversy around it a little bit. So that's Tottenham. Uh, they'll be a fun team to watch. They got and especially against Watford, they could they could win three 0 Cool, it'll be a fun one. They're actually and there actually is soccer football this week. I hinted at it earlier. The Carabao Cup. We're not going to take any time to talk about it, Kemi. We'll talk about the cup structure sometime in the future. But there's a parallel competition taking place with uh, the clubs. Wolves play tomorrow. 
they play a team from the championship, Nottingham Forest. Um, again, and this is a conversation for another time, but there is, there is football over the next few days. If you care to watch it, those games are, I think are on ESPN plus I'm not sure even wolves are on, but there are a couple games on with some teams that you've never heard of for sure. That's fine. That's par for the course. (laughs) Other than that, gentlemen. Glazers out guys. Adios. Glazers out next week.